Beautiful. I appreciate you guys all for jumping on today. This is exciting. We have a lot of community members on today and we've got fantastic support coming together for these community meetups that are brought to you by GoDaddy for small business. And the reason we do these meetups is because we want to support the growth, the direction, the capability, the enablement of entrepreneurs, right? We want to share stories. We want to share passion. We want to share silver linings and tips and tricks that help people build and move into the world of owning their own business. And today we've got Maurice Davis with us. He is a fantastic communicator. He runs an accelerator. He is a coach and I, I just love his voice. So I'm excited for him to share with you guys his background his story and why he does what he does. Before we get started, we always have the community members introduce themselves because we like to show our support for, you know, not just our guest of honor, but the community is, itself. So if you guys are members of the community, definitely jump on these meetups. They are fun. They're conversational. They're very laid back. So come join us. My name is Adam Griggs. I'm the co-founder of Clarify. I'm your moderator today, and uh, I will turn it over to Rachel, Angel, and Jonathan if they want to introduce themselves first. Hey, uh, Rachel McCool from GoDaddy, um, one of the community managers for the company, and we're just all about community. So, you know, really excited to hear Maurice today. Glad James is here because we heard from James a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, thanks, Sharon, for jump on, jumping on. And um, as we continue to do this, hopefully we'll get more and more people joining. And thanks to Adam for being our wonderful host. Yeah, my name is Jonathan. I work uh, uh, for GoDaddy as a social media manager. So also very much about community, um, specifically social communities. And this is just a natural sort of fit for all of these teams to be working together. And we we do, it's so cool to watch these kind of get bigger every single week and and see the, the enthusiasm and the interest in this grow. And um, I'm very excited for this week, as I am each week. So thank you guys for joining. And um, Adam, again, thank you so much for pulling these together. You are the best. I'm Angela. I'm another community manager for GoDaddy, specifically for GoDaddy Pro. That's our program for web designers and developers. And I'm happy to be here. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, thanks for being here. James, do you want to introduce yourself and then you, Sharon? Yeah, I'm James. Um, I'm a brand development specialist. Um, I love brand strategy. <laughs> and uh, I'm also the owner of a co-working space here in Cedar Rapids, uh, which affords me the opportunity to bump elbows with a lot of really cool creatives, uh, designers, developers, and so on. Okay, uh, so I'm Sharon Weiss. Uh, I'm an artist, and uh, I use the uh, I, I do I I have a background in software design, but I don't code. So uh, I use the GoDaddy website plus marketing, and I have taught classes to other non-technical people on how to create their own website. And uh, so that's my claim to fame uh, for GoDaddy. And uh, you could see I, I'm an artist. That's my website, one of my paintings in the background. That's beautiful. Thank you for being here. And thank, thank you all for not only just sharing yourselves and, and being part of this community, but being here to support Maurice. Maurice, we are so excited to hear from you today. I would love for you to introduce yourself, where you're at, and, and the name of your business, what you do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have to start off by saying, Sharon, if, if this is what messy looks like, <laughs> see what you look like when you're not messy. You look fantastic. Oh, well, thank you. But yeah, you're a good salesperson. <laughs> it, 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 comes, it comes from my heart. So it, 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 that's, that's why it resonates. Um, so I'm, 
Thanks, you guys, for having me. I'm Maurice Davis, uh, founder of Istu Consulting, uh, which, is, which is a consulting firm uh, specifically geared towards nonprofits in order to help them kind of do the business stuff, as, as many, many of my clients say, the business stuff that oftentimes uh, can get forgotten when, when we lead a lot with our heart, we can forget that like heart doesn't keep the lights on. Um, and so that's what I do. I, I, I help serve them and in a couple different ways in, in operations. Um, sometimes I, I serve as kind of a white labeled uh, manager, director. Um, I can help with marketing strategy um, and marketing execution. And so those are, those are really my bread and butters. And I started that because I was serving on all these nonprofit boards and I was their treasurer and all these other things. And, and I felt bad when I had to be the person to say, we need to shift this program down. And oftentimes in those board meetings, I was the only one saying, let's shift this down. But it was the best fiscal decision for the organization. And I just kept thinking, if only we had someone on staff that was watching the day to day that could have caught this beforehand, then maybe we would have been in a better position. And so that's how that's how my consulting firm got started. Number one, uh, so I can provide that external advice that for whatever reason boards typically take with more brain, with more uh, authority than than some, maybe somebody on the team. And then number two, to help avoid those situations. Uh, my life background uh, is interesting because I would have never thought that I would have been a, a business coach, a, a consultant. Uh, but I guess I, I tell my mom all the time, she was grooming me from the moment I was born. Uh, my mother was a business consultant. And, and I just really remember, I actually remember the day that we got an in-home computer. <laughs> I remember my mom ordering a computer from an infomercial and it was <laughs> 12 easy payments of $195.95. <laughs> And just being so excited when that computer came in the mail um, and, and thinking that I was going to get to play on it. Uh, and, she, and I remember her telling me, this is not for play, it's for work. And that was the moment where it kind of set everything in motion and I became a part-time employee of my, my mother's enterprise. And she tailored me to kind of understand what it meant to serve business owners in order to help them grow and accelerate. And so... Um, Thought all she did was excel and then went off to college and got my finance degree and, and throughout always helped business owners. It's funny how when we're raised in certain environments, we don't realize the knowledge that we have that's not common knowledge. Um, so I would help people and give them advice on LLCs and C-Corps and all these things that like my friends are like, I have no idea what this is. And I'm like, I've been learning, I learned how to file for an LLC when I was 12. You know, that's not normal. Uh, that doesn't happen in most people's homes in most childhoods, but that was mine. And so when I when I got out of college and I, I started doing the, the financial advisor thing, and I realized that as much as I loved finance, what I loved more was helping people succeed, specifically business owners. And, and then the opportunity came, came up for me to uh, take over the Empower program with Jay Boyd here in Cedar Rapids, which is which is where I am. So that kind of that kind of speeds us up to today and, and where we are right now. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, first of all, kudos to your mom for for raising you right, right? Giving you the education, the tenacity to do what you need to do, which is get out yeah. there and, and follow your passion. And it, and it's true. I mean, sometimes seeds are planted 
inside of us that we don't know are growing into the opportunities we're going to find later. And, uh, you know, we've got some backgrounds on here that are proof of that, right? We got spraying in, in the air. This beautiful painting and, and Rachel's background just shows that we're in the mode to grow. And that's what you do. You're helping people grow. Um, I love that when we were first connected, one of the things you said was, you're the person people come to, to not break it. <laughs> like, tell, tell me about that. Tell me about leveraging your experience and the people that you surround yourself with to help people not break it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we try to help them not break it. I, I think part of being an entrepreneur is being so stubborn that, you, that you're going to break it anyway. Um, so I've had to, part of this journey is learning that like, I can't stop them from, for all of them from breaking it. But if I can get a couple, I have to be happy with that. Uh, but as, as far as the people that I surround myself with, my team, you know, really we look to expose entrepreneurs to the things they don't know. Um, oftentimes, you know, we, we hear a lot about like, hey, I need to write a business plan. Hey, I need a marketing plan. Hey, I need to do my, you know, I need to uh, have a bank account. These are things that like we hear, but what they end up becoming are things that I need to check off, like boxes before I get rolling. And they, they're not active endeavors. And so what, my, what, the, what the Empower program looks to do is number one, break a few myths. Like, you know, the one that I share and that people go, uh, is that I don't believe every business needs a business plan. And we have to be mindful that oftentimes the implementation of a business plan can halt progress. Yes, I need you to have some, some idea of what your plan is, but the formal document of a business plan is not necessary for every business. And so helping them kind of see that like, yes, these are important, but here's why they're important. Here's what they're looking to establish. So instead of starting everybody off with a business plan, which is this like thick template that everybody gives you and they're like, fill it out and, and it's in Word or, or Google Doc. And it's like, you need to do these this research. It's gonna take you four months to complete, which is utterly intimidating. We start with something like a, a, an idea napkin or a business model canvas, which we can complete in one day. And it's, it's those things where we're saying, hey, I need you to conceptualize the plan or the ideas, but it's the effort and the intent that's more important than the activity. And so really that's what the program's all about, is, is reminding my, my, my entrepreneurs that the intent and taking the process of discovery is what's valuable and less about the tool itself. Yeah, I love it. I mean, how-tos are, are helpful, but not without the, the what and why, like you said, you know, you got you to have a mission behind it and there's got to be a vision that you're trying to seek. And we all saw last year through this year that a business plan doesn't always work out and it's not always your fault. Well, here's the, here's the kicker about a business plan. It's, it's, an S, it's a guess based on what happened. So it doesn't help you when things don't go the way that you anticipated. And so as great as it is to have direction as far as what you should be doing, it, it, when, when things blow up in your face and, and you don't really understand why they didn't go the way that they go, it doesn't help you. And so when we, get, when, when we give entrepreneurs templates and say, hey, go fill this out, without them understanding like the reason why I want you to go fill this out and why I want you to do a marketing plan is because I need you to understand your customers so well that you know what kind of toilet paper they use. And it's that understanding and that intent that makes the business plan so effective. And if you don't have that, then what you have is a paperweight that took you four months to complete. 
And so we look to try to help them avoid those things. Yeah, I think we all know what kind of toilet paper each of us use if we just look on social media and the news for last year, but. Yeah, any kind. <laughs> <laughs> but the I love it. Kind. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. I love that you're giving voice and conversation, right? You're not just pontificating and telling them, here's the checklist, go do it as a coach. You're offering an explanation as to why and how they need to approach it. And that's perspective is a lot of why communities thrive together, right? We can't see everything from what's right in front of us because a lot of times we have we have tunnel vision we're focused on our immediate needs paying the bills trying to build our brand trying to build our business and oftentimes the people that are with us in our community see it in a different light and they see your passion and they bring you in just like you and i were connected we didn't know each other you know a few months ago and that that only happened because the community saw that there's a need for your voice there, there's something here that we need to bring to the table so no i appreciate that I want to talk a little bit about something that you and I had discussed previously, which was certification and completion versus continuing to grow. You originally started your business where you were doing certifications and somehow along the way, you found out that that wasn't the right style for you yeah. and you wanted to move on. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So here, here's, here's kind of like the, I guess the backstory is that oftentimes what, what ends up happening, I'm not the only coach that hears this. It's like, I can't get going until I'm certified. And so I started down that path too. It was like, I need to be certified. I need to do these things I, I need to do. And, and what I've realized is that I spent like two years getting certified. And when I looked up, like a couple of the certifications that I had gotten were, they didn't mean anything anymore. Like enough had changed that like, they just weren't that valuable. Um, and so I, I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit and say, I'm, I'm not here to say certifications aren't important. What I'm saying is, is that it's more about the knowledge that you gain through the process of going through the certification that's valuable. Um, and, and we need to all understand kind of where the value lies. Now, I also have to be honest with my entrepreneurs that when I have like 30 different letters behind my name, people go, this guy knows something. And, and that's, a, that's a societal thing that I think we as a, as a community have to look to shift is that sometimes those like people, it's so funny. Like sometimes I'll go into rooms with people and they're like, oh, I see that you have this. And they, they engage in the conversation because of these letters. And now it almost feels as if those letters have granted me some authority to speak. And, and so it's a, it's a fine line to walk. I'm a huge certification person because I like structured learning. I'm, I'm goal oriented. And so that like shiny ribbon at the end of it is enough of a push for me to say the learning that I wanted to learn anyway, now I get a shiny object at the end, but that gives me enough of a foundation to then branch off and do more sandbox learning, which is that freestyle. I can pick up a book. Um, I can listen to a podcast. The, the, the danger that we have now in the world is that there's so much information and there's no filter for the information. And so if you go down the wrong path and you learn from the wrong people, you could be getting bad information. So I would say, I believe certification serve a purpose for giving you a foundation. And then once you have that foundation, it's up to you to take that foundation and really engage in the learning process uh, in order to really deepen, deepen your learning, but don't get stuck in it. Like, don't learn forever. We need to learn a little bit. Powerful to be learning while doing. 
I, I like the disarmament there when you said that even though you if you have letters behind your name you don't know it all and it's, it's okay to be continually growing you coming from a coach saying that you're continually growing and learning number one that's kind of vulnerable right because you're supposed to be the authority but it also lets us know that you're you're in it with us right you're also growing and you're going to bring new ideas new concepts new growth just like when we have these meetups we're bringing new ideas all the time so i i appreciate that yeah absolutely and and I, it's hard to tell my client to do something that I'm not willing to do. You know, I can't tell you to go, you know, hey, you need to be spending five or 10% of your earnings on growth. Like, no, like I'm not doing that. When's the last time you did it? Well, actually last year and the year before and the year before. So th this, this year alone, and we're in March, I've already spent eight grand on my education, on my continued growth. So when I tell people like, you need to invest in yourself, I mean it and, and I live it. And I share, I share with my clients, like, here's the, here are the classes that I'm taking, go to LinkedIn learning. You know, these are all places where you can learn and grow. I, I stopped listening to music five years ago and it wasn't because I don't love music. I used to be a singer um, in high school. It was, it was the thing. I, I thought I was going to become an opera singer. That was, that was what I wanted to go to school for music performance. But I realized at some point in my life that I was listening to anywhere from three plus hours of music a day, but those, that was time that I could be using to grow. And so since then, I switched to audiobooks and podcasts, and those endeavors pay off. I've gotten clients because I was listening to something on a podcast, and it helped infuse a couple pieces of knowledge together. So when my client asked a question, I had the knowledge to be able to answer their question. And this is stuff that we can do that doesn't require you to drop eight grand, you know, what, just crazy amounts of money on your education, if that's not where you are. But the point that I was, that I'm, that I, that I try to enter, try to show with the fact that I invest in my education is that it's about being willing to doing it. And then, you know, putting it, putting your money where your mouth is and your money being your time or your treasure. Yeah. I mean, we're all growing. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're probably doing something wrong. Right. Yeah. Time to find a new room. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I love that. I appreciate that. You work with a lot of business owners and I kind of want to open it up to, to the community members here if they want to ask you any questions. But what is what is one major trend that you see that entrepreneurs come to you with is like their major question aside from their why? Uh, how do I do the social media thing? All right. Yeah, yeah, how, do, how do I conquer social is probably the, the number one question I I think it's it's become this thing where people believe it's um, it's become a system where folks believe that it replaces traditional marketing, and and so they're like I can, and I only laugh because so many people say this I can get all the customers by posting on social media and it's like yo that's not gonna happen the way that you think it's gonna happen like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna crush that right now. So, so that, that's probably the, the number one thing that folks come to me with is like, how do I get more customers from social media? Yeah, I just, oh, I love that. Because, well, I, lo I love, I mean, to say you love social media is a very tough <laughs> thing to say, but I really understand the value and the utility that social media has for a brand. 
and it has a lot of value for a business. But you have people who say, and you do, you know, you even think about, and I, my experience is not with businesses, but working with influencers or working with people who put all their 100% into this one platform. And they say, no, it's all Instagram is the bread and butter. And this is my ride or die. And it's like, that is, that might be working in, you know, flash in a pan, but that is not something that can sustain long-term business goals simply because you're operating, you're already building something on a third party space. This is not something that you own. And again, like the value of social media is completely unending, but to hear, I'm not, I'm not surprised to hear you say that. And especially in your line of work, I'm not surprised that you're like, you guys, I'm just really going to have to break this down for you. No, but it, I, I do. It's, it's obviously, it's a wonderful tool, but there are so many parts of your business that you have to have in place before you can really build something impactful on social, right? It's, I always refer to it as your digital storefront, but yep. it's, it's that idea that you still have to have the bones of it, right? You've got to have the bones of something built there. So uh, yeah, that's totally my two cents, but I'm right there with you, man, for sure. Yeah, Jonathan, I'm, 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 see, we're right here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. These entrepreneurs and, and, and there's some, there's some great stuff that happens, you know, and even I've had successes on social media that like, you know, if someone on the outside looking in, like, oh, that's awesome. You know, I sell these bracelets, right? And for the first few months, I didn't have a digital store front. I, you know, I was like, I post them on social media, throw them in Facebook marketplace and I made like two grand. And I didn't have anything, but I was posting those. So it has power. But even with that process, like I had a process. And like, so some of my entrepreneurs didn't understand. And I'll share, I'll share a couple of techniques here while we're on here. I didn't post that I was selling the beads until I had already sold three so that I could post them up and then take them down and repost them with sold stickers on them. And it's stuff like that, that like some of the entrepreneurs don't get that there's some psychology going into the processes or the techniques that like help drive success. And those are the things that I'm trying to teach you is like, Hey, when we get on social, we have to understand the value of things like social proof. You're on social media. You need to understand social proof. That's, that's what it is. It's this big engine for social proof. So we need to drive that and, and, and make sure you really get it. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in. Um, I just want to backtrack to a couple of things that you said that were really meaningful to me. One of which is talking about um, just nonprofits in general and not looking at profitability. Um, I actually, you know, full disclosure, probably about 10 years ago was kind of interested in potentially getting into nonprofits. And the reason why I didn't go that direction was because they move like turtles, a lot of them. And financially, they just, they just don't have their act together. Um, and then the other, well, and, and the third was collaboration with other nonprofits like them. Um, I think that especially my thing was environmental groups. Um, they don't collaborate together and what they could be so much more impactful if they did that. So that's one thing. The other thing is your whole um, point about business plans and certifications and how that can really weigh people down on not moving forward. And I completely agree um, on that. And I think, I think it's good that people are aware of it and use it as a tool, but not get like so bogged down, like, oh my God, I, I can't move forward because I've got to do this business plan. And then it takes them a year to get a business plan done. Yeah. Um, and then your, your thing about, uh, the, the letters after people's, you know, the, the certifications and things like that. 
Uh, I have worked, and I'm not saying this at GoDaddy, in the past I've worked with a lot of MBAs from uh, top five business schools across the country. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they're like the smartest people in the world. They may have like a high education, but sometimes people who have really practical experience to me have been more impactful in some of the businesses that I've been in. So I always say, beware of like, you know, people and what they supposedly what they've done in the past. It's like, what can they do? What value can they add now and in the future? Um, and, and how do they conduct themselves in business? That's really important to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that you, like all the things you're saying, I'm saying yes. <laughs> Nonprofits moving like a turtle is, is my business's uh, biggest hurdle. Um, there was a contract I was working on that would have saved a nonprofit 20 grand a year. And they waited a year to execute because they weren't comfortable. And by the time they got ready to do it, I was like, well, it doesn't work anymore. Like you, you missed it. It is, this isn't that like you can wait forever and then say, okay, now we want the, now we want that deal. It's like, no, like this is like, if you went shopping at Walmart and they said it's on sale and the sale ends on Friday, that's gone. Like you gotta, you gotta wait to come back to it and, and you missed it. So nonprofits, they're so uncomfortable with being uncomfortable that they can't step outside their own boxes. And the hope is, is that I can help with some of that. Uh, but Rachel, to your point, that's why I've now had to move uh, my focus. Um, I still do the nonprofit consulting, but I've now moved a little more of my focus in the marketing piece because they move too slow and it creates cash flow issues for my business. So like, this, is, this is that transparency moment. Like even as a business coach that has his own, you know, I would say I'm successful, I'm fully, I'm self-employed, but recognizing that like my market, they just move slow. And, and that's a, that can be a problem for, for businesses long-term. Um, and, and Rachel, to your point about the MBAs, I've worked with some MBAs and I'm like, ooh, you are not intelligent. Like, you, you're, you're, missing, you're missing a couple of markets. And it's just the realization that like, if we're honest, I just have to check a few boxes and meet the minimums. And if I do that in all my classes, I've now gotten this thing that says, I know something, but realistically, like the thing that I tell my entrepreneurs all the time is like, the information I give you is not that great. And it's not because I'm not great. It's because it's readily available. And anything I tell you, you can YouTube or go to the library and learn. And it's there, it's free. And so when we think about it on the MBA side, it's like all the stuff you're teaching is in the library. Like if I went and I read every business book in the library, I would have probably touched every topic that you will cover in an MBA. So at what point do we recognize that like sandbox learning is super impactful and can in some instances be more meaningful because there's this endeavor that like I am, I am 100% internally motivated and not motivated by any, by any like ribbon at the end or whatever. So that, that's... I ran for school board and this was like my whole platform of like alternative routes for, for post high school education and, 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 and letting up on some of this pressure that we have to have four year degrees in order to be winners in life. Yeah, and I just want to clarify, I'm not trashing MBAs at all. No, I'm, look, I'm just going to get my MBA right now. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've worked with some really amazing people. And I think again, depending on where you want to go with your career and your business, it may be very beneficial for yes. you to, 
to have advanced degrees um, or even a degree, but you know, also I think practical experience can be equally valuable. Um, you know, and being part of groups like this, learning from each other and sharing um, is super impactful. And I have to say hi to Anne-Marie. Yes. Hello, Anne-Marie. Um, I have a question for you. Actually, first, I want to point out that you rhymed hurdle with turtle. <laughs> when you... uh, Rachel did? No, you did. Oh, did I? When oh, you were answering, okay. answering Rachel's question, it was really funny. I enjoyed it. Um, so my question it goes back to what you were saying about those business plans and making sure people know their customers so well that you know what brand of toilet paper they buy. Um, I think a lot of people struggle with this, probably especially in the Empower program, uh, just identifying who their customer actually is because someone might think, let's say a restaurant owner might think, well, everyone's my customer, everyone eats, right? So what do you do to help them narrow that down? Um, I spend a lot of time saying it's not everyone. And reminding them that it's not everyone. Um, and then we use some practical examples. So one that we use this time in class is coffee. And it's like, okay, who's your customer if you sell coffee? And they're like, well, anyone that drinks coffee. And then I put on the screen uh, a local cafe, a, a Starbucks, and then a Dunkin' Donuts, or a gas station, a Starbucks, and a Dunkin' Donuts. And it's like, do they all have the same customer? And everyone agrees that they don't. And so like, it's, it's establishing this idea that even at, at the level of coffee, which you know we may or may not agree is a commodity, not every customer is the same and not every customer wants the same thing. And we can look at you know instances where food is the exact same way. Like there are places that sell pizza, you know, um, what's the uh, Little Caesars versus like uh, a traditional Italian restaurant. Like if you go and get a cheese pizza, it's cheese pizza, but like, you'll pay $30 for one from an Italian restaurant, but you won't pay that from Little Caesars. Like, so that's kind of, that's kind of the first step to me is, is, is showing parallels where their thinking is just not the case uh, because we get it conceptually that like, well, I don't go there because, you know, I don't belong. Like a lot of times we'll say, I don't feel like that restaurants for me or, you know, the messaging doesn't resonate with me. So we'll say it instinctually. But when it, like uh, Adam was saying, was that sometimes we're too close to it and we're like, yeah, everyone needs this. And it's like, well, but they were getting along just fine before you. So do they really? And, and so that to me is the first one. And then sometimes it's just talking about like, who do you want to work with? Because that's a big difference of like, I, love all nonprofits, but I don't want to work with every nonprofit. You know, I, there are some that just, whatever they're doing, it just, it doesn't get me out of bed. And so I'm not the consultant for them while they may be doing something really great. I do really well with nonprofits that are social services based or have things to do with kids. That's, that's where my passions are. So instinctually I gravitate towards them. And so even as a business owner, you have those things where you're like, you know, I really don't like working with, you know, this type of customer, you know, really, you know, they want me to answer every phone call or, or they're shooting me 30 text messages and somebody else might be like, I love that. Like, I love the hyper communication. So let it be okay that not every customer is your customer and, and honestly get good at like recognizing that it's not and sending them other places. 
So I've had clients that have come sit down with me and I'm like, hey, I'm not the guy for you. Here's another consultant that I think is better for you. And it's so, the, the faces clients make when you do that is, it's, it's pretty funny. But at the same time, like it changes the mode of the conversation. I truly believe there was one client that I, I wouldn't have got the business had we not had that conversation. But I was like, if you don't like what I'm saying, then I don't think I'm the right consultant for you. Here, here are two others that might align better. And they looked at it and went away and they were like, no, you know what? I, I, I want you. I appreciate the candor and I, and I want to work with you. So I hope that answers your question. Adam, I see that you unmuted yourself. I want to clarify to anyone watching this. I don't hate MBAs. <laughs> <laughs> Let me make sure I put that out there. I'm in school right now to get mine. I think they serve a purpose. And so we understand what purpose they serve. Uh, so this is, that was not a knock against MBAs. It was trying to uh, articulate that like, it doesn't mean that you're, that you sit on this pinnacle of, of knowledge. Yeah, I, mean, I actually have to drop. So I wanted to say bye to everyone really quick. Thanks, thanks Adam. Thanks, Marie. Yeah, I think a lot of us suffer from analysis paralysis when we're in business, right? We, we spend too much time thinking about what we could have, would have, should have, and should be doing. And when that happens, that can freeze us up. So yeah. thank you for sharing the delicate balance between what it means to have, want customers and what it means to need customers. You know, when we open a business, we assume everyone's our customer, but it's really, really hard. It's really hard psychologically to dial it back and say, who do I want to work with really? Like want to, because you, you feel kind of selfish. And I love your take on disarming yourself on that with finding somebody else that you can you know, resonate with and send those clients to because you're still taking care of them, even if they're not a fit for you. And that's okay. So I, I love that. I was going to mention too, I, I do too, because I think it's like giving, it, it's kind of like giving somebody something, somebody else something, and it's going to come back to you in a different way, yeah. right? Because that person may meet somebody else and say, I actually know the right person for you to work with. It wasn't a fit for me. And he was great and recommended somebody else. And you might get like an amazing client because of that. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we, we call that Carmageddon in my office. So when Carmageddon comes, you better be on the right side of the page. Yeah, I, I love it. I want to be considerate of everybody's time here today. But Maurice, you've shared so much with us. It's just valuable as far as context and approaching things. And I feel like we've learned a lot about what it means to have yourself conditioned with a coach, how how committed you are and how a community can hold you accountable. And all of those things are so powerful because of the perspective they bring, the value they bring, your, your you know, review of how you start with business owners and tell them together, you know, you walk together, figure out who their clients are. That was all fantastic. I wish we could have heard you sing opera today, but we'll save that for another time. I want to, you know, kind of open it up. James and Marie, do you guys have questions you want to leave Maurice with today? Uh, Maurice has already heard enough questions from me over the years. <laughs> He's, I do, I will just say very quickly that uh, Maurice has been a fantastic uh, friend and colleague to have. Um, he's given me so much free business advice. Um, it's, I almost feel bad every time I see him. I, I feel like he's going to have an invoice waiting for me. He probably should, uh, but he's just been, he's, he's the kind of guy who gives, he understands, um, the the power of giving and I really have appreciated that so just want to say thank you Maurice for all the advice and, and tips and and uh availability that you've given me yeah no problem he what he forgets is that I ask him a lot of stuff too so 
we'd probably have a zero sum invoice. Actually, I need to talk to them about some stuff anyway. So we can we can we can talk about that later. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, Carmageddon's coming on the right side for you guys. So I appreciate that. And that's just another value point, right? Community. You guys are building through contribution and, and your names are being spoken to others. In, in a positive manner and that will reflect on your business and it will come back and pay you. So James, thanks for those you know comments and, and empowering Maurice to do more. Hey Maurice, um, wonderful, more power to you. Uh, thank you for being part of the Empower program, which by the way is a, a GoDaddy program to help underserved people and communities. Um, it's, it's all about community, it's not you know, GoDaddy employees do help with it, but it's a lot of people like Maurice um, and James. I don't know if you're part of that as well, but um, just really appreciate all that you do and, and your wisdom. So thanks and have a good day. Thank you, Rachel. It was nice meeting everybody. Yeah, nice meeting you too. Thanks for empowering us, Maurice. You guys all stay safe out there and let's, uh, let's grow this spring. Yeah, thanks, Adam. James, good to see you.